Yo, what's going on? Hello, what is up? It's been a while. Oh, nothing much. I know it's, you know, our last podcast was with Ben and that was Baller and then took a little week break and now we're back and we're talking about, oh yeah, you're wearing the hoodie. Do you mm-hmm. look so cozy? And I'm like, I actually am wearing people clothes today. I have no reason to, but I'm wearing people you clothes. You look good though. Thank you. I appreciate it. I remember I first wore this and people were like, are you wearing white? And I was like, it's taupe or neutral. Just so everyone knows, uh, my breast augmentation surgery is on November 11th. I haven't announced it on Instagram. So if you are listening to this, this is first look, um, our first, first speak, whatever you want to hear. Um, so I just had to say that because I'm so fucking excited to get my boobs done. And that's Dude, it. we're going to have to have a podcast on just breast occupation so we can talk about our stories and experiences. That would be great. Yes, that's going to be awesome. <laughs> Boob podcast. Oh, I'm so excited for that. Uh, also, we've been doing this for a year because our last podcast was episode 52. I know. Isn't that nuts? I think we I started know. in August of 2021. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. That's nuts. Well, happy one year. I know. And we didn't know dick about shit. And now we're starting to like move up. And I'm really happy about that. Actually, actually no dick about shit. I yeah. love that phrase. I mean, it works. You can insert any other cuss word you want and it works. Like, I just love it. It's my favorite phrase. I didn't know Probably shit should... about fuck. I didn't know. It works. I didn't know. Ask about shit. <laughs> Title of the podcast. No, just kidding. Oh, we're talking fuck. about endometriosis today. So it's kind of our, our third and final part of autoimmune and although endometriosis is not technically classified as autoimmune, it is a very high risk um, inflammatory type of disease that unfortunately women do suffer from. And it's actually very, very difficult to get diagnosed because a lot of the symptoms kind of intermingle with, you know, common things, but then also sometimes things like PCOS. And so sometimes a woman can be struggling with this for years and, you know, the best that doctors can do for her is to do like Tylenol or like Advil and maybe birth control if she's lucky, but it's a very, very, you know, serious condition. And we just want to shed some light, talk about kind of like what it is, what are the causes, the symptoms, and how you can get treatment for it, both from your doctor, but then also from a natural route as well. Yeah. A lot of women with endometriosis that aren't diagnosed yet, that just like kind of are living their life, but they don't know what's going on. What they'll feel is sometimes just pain, um, especially in the abdomen, they will get inflamed um, very easily. Sometimes they have issues with loss, losing body fat, especially because of the inflammation and then also um, gaining muscle. So they'll work really, really hard in the gym, eat what they need to, and like, won't grow. Um, mm-hmm. Or they will, on the flip side, if they're trying to lose weight, sometimes that's really difficult for them as well. Um, so they have to have like really good um, lifestyle habits so that they don't have to cut, like if you're not bodybuilding, this is outside of bodybuilding, but mm-hmm. so that they can just kind of keep a healthy body composition. Um, and I mean, everything is just healthy habits, right? So this is not too different. Um, but women with endo have to circumvent all the time. Um, it's an all the time thing. So yeah, it's a yeah, so, yeah which is unfortunate in one way, but at the same time, empowering in another, if you know, just how to take care of yourself properly. But for those of you, maybe who are not 
you know, well reversed and, you know, kind of women issues, essentially endometriosis is when uterine cells that typically shed during the actual bleed of a woman's menstrual cycle will attach somewhere else in the body, primarily on the outside of the uterus, which is why like their periods can be super painful. And they experience a lot of abdominal pain just because those cells are growing and it's causing also excess estrogen due to that, which also makes, you know, physique development even more difficult. And also adds to just kind of like the frustration of some higher PMS symptoms. Um, it also can spread to other tissues, which is why, you know, you're worried about, you know, what are the, the organs surrounding the uterus? It's like, well, you have like, you know, your digestive tract, you have like your other internal organs and you just don't want that proliferation in any regard, but especially when it comes to, you know, optimizing hormones and women's health. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, the, the causes are unknown, um, but there are some theories. So one is retrograde menstruation where endometrial cells slow backwards through the fallopian tube and out through into pelvic, into the pelvic cavity. Um, it's also thought that these cells can spread into the blood or just the lymphatic system in general. Um, and then once the cells implant, they start to thicken. Um, so there's no shedding of those cells. And so the immune system will perceive it as like a wound. Um, Mm -hmm. and so that's part of it as well. Uh, it can cause scar tissue, um, and interfere with fertility. So I actually had an athlete that got pregnant, um, and she had just gotten diagnosed with endo. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was like a very big surprise for the both of us. We were like, uh, like we're trying to like circumvent endo and she gets pregnant. (laughs) Like, um, so her process, yeah, I know. So her process in like navigating her pregnancy while also having endo is very different. Um, (laughs) it's mostly making sure, well, it's just very intentional. I wouldn't say it's different, um, intentional and making sure stress is low. Like she can do her regular lifts and things like that and eat normally. She just has to have anti-inflammatory diet, um, and make sure she's fed enough. Um, (laughs) and she can't train to failure. Um, right. At least that's what I don't want her doing. Um, right. I remember, so story time before we go, go on with this. So when I first started as a coach, I had somebody come on who was, who had endometriosis. I didn't know shit about fuck. So like, I did not know what I was doing, which is why it's so important for you to have a coach that knows what the fuck they're doing. And I'm telling you, I fucked up. Um, I, I, I trained her like a bodybuilder basically like, like a bodybuilder trained to failure, eating a bunch of food, didn't care what we were doing. We were, we, we were trying to just build as much muscle as possible because that's what she wanted. But like I said earlier, it's really hard for people with endometriosis to do that. Why? Because sometimes they're just in pain. Like sometimes they're just like inflamed, stressed, and they can't circumvent. So what you need to do is learn how to circumvent the stress that they feel on the onset of maybe a flare up or they're inflamed and things like that. Um, instead of just giving them like really high intensity protocols, you have to pull back and find other ways that will promote growth more. So health, um, I would say, um, because in, in increasing health, you increase muscular tissue or the, the ability to grow muscular tissue and lose body fat. Um, so don't be like me and take on a client that is out of your scope. Um, and not know shit about fuck, make sure you know shit about fuck. 
um, and you know how to navigate these things. This was a couple of years ago. Um, and she fell off because she's like, yeah, I can't, I can't keep up with this. And I was like, damn, yeah. that's not, like, <laughs> that's what, that's what kind of coach I was when I first started. Um, <laughs> so yeah, but it also shows you how much you've grown as well. But like endo is hard. It really is hard. It's hard on the individual. And sometimes it's hard to coach depending upon like how progressed it is. Mm -hmm. Um, so maybe you're like, well, how do I know if I have endo? The symptoms are so variable that that's why it's hard to diagnose. But like when it comes to fertility, you might have a problem with even getting pregnant. You might have premenstrual spotting, intense, intense cramps, um, maybe painful sex, especially with the penetration. Um, you might have just chronic pelvic pain, especially kind of like in that low back, mm -hmm. you might have heavy or regular bleeding. You might have intestinal pain. Your digestion might be fucked up. You might struggle with diarrhea, constipation, nausea. You might have headaches or dizziness. So we're thinking like some neurological issues. You might be chronically tired. You might be running a low-grade fever constantly. And then also you might notice that your immunity kind of sucks. You're like, I literally just got over a cold three weeks ago. And now I'm sick again. So these are just some things to think about when it comes to kind of recognizing your own biofeedback and looking at more than just, you know, your diet and your exercise regime, but also think about like, how are you feeling around your menstrual cycle, around your bleed? How are you feeling during sex? Like, how are you feeling during all these other life events? Because you can kind of start to connect the dots being like, oh, well, yeah, my low back really does hurt. Or I do have pain during sex. Like maybe I should get this checked out. And that's why you want to make sure you have like a good doctor as well as maybe a good coach that will listen to your symptoms and be like, hey, let's get this shit checked out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like I said, you might just feel and and sometimes <clears throat> it does the onset of it doesn't happen until like later on in life. Mm -hmm. Um, especially as your body matures and at, cause as your body matures, you uh, handle stress differently and your activities might change. So like, if you are noticing that, yeah, I have started bodybuilding and bodybuilding is a stressor. It's a very big stressor it might onset some of these things and you think it's bodybuilding, but it might be that you already have an internal issue um, yep. because you are adding on stress or let's say you change careers or you are going through a divorce or something like that. And all of a sudden you're like, I'm in pain all the time, or I'm in pain mainly around my menstrual cycle, or I'm having digestive issues, stuff like that, um, that are unexplainable and you're doing all that, like, and again, they're unexplainable and you're doing all that you can to circumvent. You might have some things you might want to get tested for. Um, I had an athlete that was just, she just kind of thought that her chronic pain was just there because that's the way she lived. Um, mm -hmm. and it wasn't until she was like 26 where she got tested and she's like, Oh, I have endometriosis. Like, so, you know, that, but that happens all the time where a lot yeah. of women are just told, especially around the menstrual cycle, um, even though you can have pain, like, and things like that happen outside of it, but particularly during menstrual, they're just told that that's what it is. Um, and that's how it's supposed to be. And, uh, like maybe in some cases, but not in all cases, um, your menstrual cycle shouldn't be, um, you shouldn't be dehabilitated during uh, your bleed. <clears throat> so like, you should not feel like you can't do things like you can't walk. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like that is not normal and nobody should tell you that it's normal. Um, so 
just think about that. Like if you are, you know, if you experience those things, you might want to dig deeper um, because they can be issues that, okay, this only happens during my period, but what happens when it starts happening outside of my period, then, then it becomes a thing of life quality and your life Mm -hmm. quality degrades and you don't want that. So try to get a handle on it. If you know that you have those things happen to you and maybe like kind of get tested and see what your doctor can do um, so that you can, you can circumvent, but there are plenty of like, like I know bikini competitors with some with endometriosis and stuff like that, but could, could they do things like be in figure? Could they do things like run a, run a ton of gear? Probably not. Like, probably not like not to the degree that they need to, to be like extremely competitive. Um, so that's something to just keep in mind. Absolutely. So on top of all of those symptoms, like another way that you can be diagnosed is, you know, maybe you're lacking a certain cervical fluid during like the, the phase of your entire menstrual cycle, not just your actual bleed, but like throughout the entire phase, you might notice that your menstrual cycles are a lot shorter. Um, you might specifically look at your luteal phase, which is going to be like the latter half of your menstrual cycle. Um, you might have low body temperatures actually, even though you should be having higher body temperatures. So for those of you familiar with tracking your basal body temperature and using the the thermometer, you will notice that after ovulation, when, you know, the egg is released and that corpus luteum is formed, um, your body temperature will actually increase because of progesterone having its metabolic rates on your thyroid hormones. Well, if you're actually in your luteal phase, but you've noticed that you're not having higher temperatures, that could be a sign of one infertility signifying that you have normal than lower than normal levels of progesterone. So the biggest thing, kind of like the gold standard to get diagnosed is yeah, you can look at all these symptoms and kind of, you know, try to draw a conclusion, but really you're going to look at a surgical route called laparoscopy, where essentially they take like a little instrument insert it through kind of like your, your navel and kind of like do an exploratory scope to kind of see and look at your actual uterus. Like it's not as invasive as I'm making it sound, but it is still a surgery. And then obviously if they do find, you know, a bunch of scarring and invasive implants and stuff like that, then you can for sure be diagnosed with endometriosis. Yeah. Um, and some of the like treatments for endo, like it's hard because basically when you have endo, you have endo and that's that. Um, so Mm -hmm. you kind of have to kind of circumvent throughout your life. Um, but you could try an, uh, an NSAID. So it's not the most ideal thing to do because of the impact on the liver and the gut. Like I just had somebody on a gut protocol ask if she could use, um, an NSAID. And I said, and I was just like, no, sorry, like (laughs) just going to have to deal with whatever you're dealing with. Um, Hormonal birth control um, can help release hormones to stop the abnormal growth of endometrial tissue outside of the uterus. Um, But again, like that has its own like issues, Mm -hmm. kind of like slapping a bandaid on things. Um, But you will like, you might have a doctor that tells you like you could try hormonal birth control. Um, um, Did you you have something to say? No, like I said, it's just, it's one of those things that's just unfortunate because obviously like we do a lot of education about like the risks of hormonal birth control, but especially if you're newly diagnosed endo, it's like you can pop an NSAID for your pain or you can pop some hormonal birth control for your pain. And it's like, it's just, it is kind of unfortunate where it's like the options are sometimes just limited depending on the progression of the disease. Yeah, for sure. 
but yeah, and then you also have like other treatments like actual surgery um, to kind of drain the fluid from like small patches of cysts or other things to remove adhesions or implants. Um, obviously that's gonna be kind of more progressive when it comes to the different stages of endometriosis. And then also you can also do GNRH, um, hormone antagonist, which this is essentially gonna cause a temporary menopause by causing the ovaries to produce less estrogen um, due to just the Im impacts of these hormones. So, you know, a lot of this is going to be either popping a pill or doing a surgical route when it comes to traditional treatments of endometriosis. And obviously this is something that you're going to be going through your doctor or your OBGYN, not something that us as coaches can do to help manage and circumvent this disease. Yeah. So like, I think it's worth noting, like what our role would be in this mm -hmm. since like, why are we talking about this? So like, for example, like my, an athlete that I had that was diagnosed with endo that was pregnant afterward, she had surgery. Um, <clears throat> and my, my role in that was not to perform the surgery or tell her she needed surgery. It was to help her with her diet around the surgery and make sure that she was fed enough to be able to recover. Um, my role was to make sure that if she was going to do activity, me giving her what activity she, she, she's able to do without, um, stressing her out because what the doctor is going to tell her is, okay, you can do whatever you want to after you heal and after you're good after surgery, which is true, but we might need to, um, maybe train reps in reserve for a long time after the surgery. Uh, we might need to focus a lot on anti-inflammatory foods. So like I gave her a lot of foods that were anti-inflammatory in nature, like salmon, stuff like that, um, where I asked her, okay, like during the day, I need you to eat these things. Um, and around that, you can have what you want because we mm -hmm. might not be trying to like be super, super exact about stuff, but I need her minimums to be this. So like I would give her a minimum for her veggies that I'd like for her to have, or a minimum of what type of proteins I need for her to have for that day. Um, and we went week by week doing that so that she had some flexibility, was able to enjoy her food, um, without feeling like she was very restricted because she has to enjoy her life. Right. So she, yeah. so that's basically what we did. Um, so that would be a coach's role around that because your doctor is not going to do that. Your doctor is not going to give you like specific nutrition, um, pieces that are going to help you through your endo, like healing and through your surgical healing as well. So that's where a coach comes in, is able to tell you or a knowledgeable coach rather comes in and tells you like, Hey, this is what's going to help you move forward um, and help us move forward. Absolutely. And then other things that we can do as coaches when it comes to, you know, programming is obviously controlling that inflammation piece with our expenditure, but then also when it comes to the diet. So looking at supporting the gut, that's going to be a key player and not only lowering, you know, total inflammation, but then also how estrogen is recycled in the body. So addressing any type of intestinal permeability, lowering GI inflammation, doing an anti-inflammatory diet. Um, you can use supplements like curcumin or a good omega supplement, like Morph Omega or like a cod liver oil. Those are going to be great in the addition of sardines and salmon, like Britt mentioned, you know, possibly looking into avoiding dairy and gluten in terms of like their, their potential role, depending upon the person of intestinal permeability, especially with, you know, cow's milk containing A1 casein, which is actually pretty inflammatory. 
um, that can sometimes trigger and cause immune issues in some people. Not saying it's for sure for you, but just something that we've noticed um, anecdotally as coaches, but then also as well in the literature and research. And then really, like we said earlier, since, you know, when it comes to building a, a endometrium, building that uterine lining, that's going to be estrogen's role. So we want to make sure that we're supporting the liver and also, again, the gut to support a healthy menstrual cycle to make sure that estrogen is managed and not over dominating because the more dominant that hormone is, the more, you know, PMS symptoms, the more pain and more, you know, scar tissue you're unfortunately going to be developing. Yeah. I mean, and that's why sometimes I, I think, I think that hormonal birth control is not always the best option um, because you're, you're going to have some variability in estrogen and it's hard to manage estrogen when you have something that you can't control um, kind of coming into your body and doing its thing. So how do I, how do I manage progesterone and estrogen ratio when there's a bunch of progesterone being constantly pumped into you? Like how I can't. So now we have to circumvent that instead of the actual issue. So now we circumvent the birth control. We don't circumvent your, um, your endo or your, your auto, whatever, like whatever's going on with you. Um, and so estrogen being the main thing that you are kind of focusing on, it's, it'll be a little bit like managing estrogen dominance almost like it, to a, to a greater degree. Um, it's if you, especially if you think of it in terms of like, okay, when we start treat, not treatment, but when we start circumventing your condition, we might do uh, stuff for liver, might do liver clearance, stuff like that might need to, um, yeah. and then, and then go from there. Um, so just stuff to think about there when it comes to your kind of management in endo. Yeah. And hopefully this gave you guys some insight based on maybe how to be an advocate for your health when it comes to just you know, supporting a healthy menstrual cycle. And if you do suspect that maybe you are suffering from endo or maybe PCOS or maybe the other, um, you know, kind of immune related condition that we talked about originally Hashimoto's, like take these notes, mark down your symptoms. If you think you're having some things that overlap and then go to your doctor and be an advocate for yourself. Or maybe if you are overwhelmed with everything, maybe ask your coach, be like, Hey, I've been noticing that I have these symptoms. Like, is there any correlation in my inside my head about it? And maybe your coach can be like, Hey, like, since I don't live in your body, you do, it sounds like these things could be this, this is what you can, you know, talk to with your doctor. And this is what the, some of the things that we can do in terms of your programming to help just, you know, ease your symptoms and lower like inflammation and lower stress. So that way you start to feel better. And then again, when you're healthy, your body composition is going to change for the better. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. I don't have anything else to say to that. I don't either. I think that's a good amen. Hallelujah. Next week, I think we're going to do a listener's Q and A. I think that's going to be nice. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs> Church. Church. Oh yeah. So we're going to have a Q and A next week. So we'll post uh, on our stories what you'd like for us to answer for you, and uh, that's about it. I we'll I. We've noticed that we've had a little bit more uh, listenership lately. So that's really nice, um, especially since, you know, I haven't done really well in like marketing it on the Instagram, <laughs> but I don't feel like, I honestly don't feel like we need to, like, I feel like at this point, I feel like at this point we're good. Like we don't need to have weekly posts. We'll just let you know when the, 
when the episodes drop. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No. And we love when you guys are like, oh, I just finished like binge listening to all your episodes. Like, and I took notes, like we love that. So if you guys have any questions or any topics that you want us to cover, just literally slide into our DMs and let us know. And we'll definitely like start a, a kind of like a note list for it and get your questions answered. Slide in the DMs. All right, guys, we appreciate you guys. And we'll see you next time. Peace. Just, uh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Peace.